Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. No, 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 no. Not again. Have you ever just kind of reached your limit with something? You don't ever want to hear the phrase again. You don't ever want to hear the word again. You don't want to hear something. You don't want to see something. And if if, if anyone even gets close to saying something or, or that gets ready to happen, you're like, no, 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 stop, stop. Not again. I cannot take, I can't take anything else. I cannot take it anymore. I've had it. I'm fed up. I'm done with it. Have you ever felt that way? Well, right now I feel like, no. Not again. I can't take it. I'm fed up with it. I'm done hearing about it. I wish that the church and American Christians would never mention the subject again. And that subject is biblical illiteracy. I wish those two words put together, biblical illiteracy, would be removed from the vocabulary of American Christianity. That no one in the pulpit would state it, nobody in the pew, nobody in the Sunday school, nobody in the small group, no one on Christian radio, not even Christian podcasters, that we would just all agree that biblical illiteracy is a made up thing and we just get rid of it. Well, well what do you think? What do you think? You, do, do, do you agree with me? Okay, okay. All right. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I apologize, everyone. Let, let, let me take a, a deep breath. Let me take a deep breath. <sighs> Welcome, everyone. It is Friday. November the 10th, 2023. It is currently 1.37 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And right now, within this studio, I am trying to keep myself from going on a full-blown rant where I am yelling, screaming, throwing things, because I've just had it. I am sick and tired of hearing Christians talk about biblical illiteracy. I don't ever want to hear it mentioned again, but here I am. I, I was minding my own business. I truly was. I was minding my own business and I get an email. And the email says, Michael Youssef, He's a, he's a famous Bible teacher. He's on uh, Christian radio. Michael Youssef blames America's growing secularism on biblical illiteracy in the church. So Michael Youssef looked around and said, look, America's becoming more secular. It's becoming more non-religious. And, and the reason it's becoming more secular, the reason this growing secularism is happening is because there is biblical illiteracy in the church. Biblical illiteracy in the church is leading to a growing lack of religiosity in America, in the culture. So what do we need to do? We have to fix the problem of biblical illiteracy. And I know, and I'm just sitting there reading the article going, you've got to be kidding me. 2023, and we're still going to be rolling out this tired, broken subject of biblical illiteracy, of biblical illiteracy. 
I, I, I'm just tired of it. Now, for some of you, if you've been listening to me for, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, as long as I've been sitting in front of microphones, there's, there was a time I constantly complained about one of the major threats facing the American church is biblical illiteracy, biblical illiteracy, biblical illiteracy. My entire church started on the premise that we have a massive problem in American Christianity and within the American church of biblical illiteracy. Churches had become social clubs and entertainment centers, and they were there to meet every other need, but nobody wanted a church where you were really just going to say, we're not going to have programs. We're not going to have activities. What we're going to do when we show up here, it's going to be to feed upon God's word, and we're going to meditate on it and think about it and question it and struggle with it. And that's what this church is going to be about. Oh, my entire early ministry was trying to combat the problem of biblical illiteracy. But as the years have progressed, I have grown more and more skeptical and more and more jaded and more and more frustrated to the point now, I don't even want to hear you say the words. If someone gets ready to start talking to me going, so what do you think about the problem of biblical? I'll just, I'll just grab my face and just immediately put it in their face. Shh. We don't talk about that problem because I think that problem is a bunch of garbage. Because if we really acknowledge that that's a problem, well, things are going to get very uncomfortable. So, so let's read a little bit of this article. Now, this person says, hey, we've got growing secularism in the country. And we've got to combat it by fighting biblical illiteracy. So what do you think Michael Youssef's solution is to fighting biblical illiteracy? Come on, someone tell me. If you're listening on Spreaker, by all means, you can jump into the chat really quick and tell me. What do you think Michael Youssef's solution is to fighting biblical illiteracy in the church so that we can cure the growing secularism within American society? What do you think his solution is? What do you think? What do you think? Because I've been listening to people complain about biblical illiteracy in the church since I became a Christian. I think within months of becoming a Christian, I started reading, seeing articles and books in the Bible bookstore about, you know, combating the biblical illiteracy inside the American church. And I heard Christian radio talk about it. I heard it talked about in Bible college and Bible institute and, and at, at universities, seminaries, wherever I was at at any time, I've heard we're combating it. We're going to fight 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 it been talked about forever. What do you think now? 2023. Oh, Michael Youssef is like, hey, 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 hey. America's growing secularism. That's that's because there's biblical illiteracy in the church. So he wants to fight the growing secularism. So he has to fight the biblical illiteracy. What do you think Michael Youssef's great solution is? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the great solution is? Come on. It's got to be something revolutionary. It has to be something amazing. It has to be something awe-inspiring. It has to be something that a news article needs to be written about on a Christian publication because Michael Youssef is going to fix the problem of biblical illiteracy. Uh, okay, someone says, I hope he doesn't say small groups. Oh, we're going to talk about that. That's not his solution. Are you ready? Here we go. Pastor. And author Michael Youssef says the problem of biblical literacy is to blame for America's growing secularism. And he hopes a new book on the topic can help turn the tide. Ladies and gentlemen, the solution to biblical illiteracy is for someone to write a new book. 
Yes, a new book. And let me guess. Let me guess. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He's going to write a book to help turn the tide. And I bet you, because he is so concerned about the growing secularism within American culture and so concerned about the growing biblical literacy in the church that he wrote a book and he's going to give it away free to anyone and everyone who wants it. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Right? He's released a new book. I'm going to look up the, I'm not going to give you the name of it really quick. All right. I'm not going to give you the name of it. I'm just going to do something really quick. All right. I'm just going to do something. I'm not going to even tell you what I'm doing. You probably can tell what I'm doing, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm not going to tell you. You probably can guess. You probably can guess. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. Um, here we go. I found it. If I want a copy of the book by Michael Youssef, that's going to turn the tide against biblical illiteracy, which will turn the tide of the growing secularism in American culture, I can get his book on Kindle for the low, low price of $13. The solution is a book. Imagine that. The way to fix biblical illiteracy and to turn the tide of the growing secularism is for Michael Youssef to write a book. And he is so concerned about it that it's only going to cost me $13 to purchase said book so that I can fix the problem. I am so sick and tired of that. I'm so sick and tired of Christians saying, oh, we, here's the problem in the American church, and I've got the solution for $13, $15, $20, $30, $100 for our conference, $50 for our DVD set. I mean, we are so worried, and we're so broken about the American church. We want to fix it so much, but it only got to cost you $100 to come to our conference. So sick and tired of that. If you have the solution to biblical literacy in the church, then put it online for free. Okay. Told you. I'm tired of this. I'm sick of hearing this. I'm sick of hearing this nonsense. But here we go. Pastor and author. Michael Youssef says the problem of biblical literacy is to blame for America's growing secularism and the hopes a new book on the topic can help turn the tide. The founder of Leading the Way Ministries and the pastor of, of, of Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Yousef, Yousef this month, released a new book, How to Read the Bible as if Your Life Depends on It, that he says is the culmination of 50 plus years of ministry. He calls it a crash course on the Bible. He says he hopes it helps Christians fall in love again with God's word. Biblical illiteracy translates into ignorance of the issues that we're facing, the moral issues, Yousef told Christian headlines, referencing as examples societal debates over gender and sexuality. How can I measure those issues against the word of God if I don't know the word of God, if I do not spend time understanding the character of God, he asked. There can be no doubt, he said, there is a correlation between the nation's secularism and the church's biblical illiteracy. There's a huge problem. There's a huge amount of ignorance. Let me read that correctly. There's a huge amount of ignorance on the part of the church people, he added. 
Yusuf compared the situation to medieval times when people did not read God's word. Back then, he said the Bible was actually chained to the lectern in the church and was in Latin, and there was ignorance of the word of God. Superstition reigned supreme until God raised up Martin Luther, and then the Reformation Revolution took place, he said. And so I am praying that somehow, in God's grace and mercy, this would happen again, that people would start reading the Word of God, falling in love with the Word of God, understanding the Word of God as a measuring stick in all areas of life. Yusef's book, he said, shows that there is a common thread from Genesis to Revelation. When you go and start reading the Word of God on a regular basis, he says, you'll be encouraged, you'll be uplifted, and literally, it will save your life. I translate that news article to be, here's an advertisement for the next, for the new book by Michael Youssef. We're going to use our publication, The Christian Headlines, to be a commercial for Michael Youssef so we can sell the book. And how do we sell the book? The Boogeyman. Biblical illiteracy. It's everywhere. And because there's biblical illiteracy, that's why your country is falling apart and becoming more secular and becoming less religious. Oh, we've got a problem. How do we fix it? Buy Michael Youssef's new book for $15 on Kindle. Yeah, don't, 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 don't give me that nonsense. That's just, that's complete. And what did he even say there? They'd even offer say, if I, I'm just, my book is going to make people fall into love with reading God's word. God's word is not going to cause people to fall in love with God's word. So you need a book by Michael Youssef to get people to fall in love with God's word. Now, I'm going to go through some things. All right. I wrote these down in a notebook. I did this about three minutes before going on the air. Now, when I open this notebook and I look at it, I can tell just from the handwriting, it is an absolute mess. You can just see my emotion. You can see my anger. You can see my frustration. It's, it looks like, it looks like absolutely I was just scribbling. I don't even know. I didn't spell anything right here. It's just a mess because I was so just, I'm so sick and tired of this subject. Number one, churches literally everywhere, yet biblical illiteracy continues. How many churches are there in the United States of America? How many Bible colleges are there in the United States of America? How many Bible institutes are there in the United States of America? How many seminaries are there in the United States of America? How many ministries are located in the United States of America? There are churches everywhere. And and just here's what I would love. I don't know if there's an article out there that does this, but just look up what, how much does it cost to operate all the churches in the United States of America per year? How much money it goes into operating all of these churches per year? Just go drive around your city. There's a church. Just look, I wonder how much money it goes to keep that church operating per year. How much does it go to keep, how much money does it take per year to keep your church operating? Yet, biblical illiteracy persists. Oh, there's a conclusion I can come to there. I won't say it right now. But there's churches literally everywhere that millions upon millions of dollars go into every year to keep them operating. Yet, biblical illiteracy continues to persist. Nobody seems to ever have a solution. And the problem's been going on in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s, 2010s. And here we are, 2023, getting ready to go into 2024. And what? We have a new book dealing with the problem of biblical illiteracy. 
Number two, small groups everywhere. Find most churches have some kind they, whether they call them small groups, community groups. I don't give a, I, I don't care. I don't care what they call them. I don't care. I'm, I'm sick and tired of all their names. This group, this group, and join a group, join a group, join a group, join a group, because this group will revolutionize your, revolutionary, revolutionize your life. Yeah, I'm so frustrated. Guess what? All of those, I was told a million times over, small groups was going to fix it. Small groups is going to fix biblical illiteracy. Small groups was going to raise up an army of, of committed Christians. I'm so sick of hearing that. So sick of hearing that. Small groups is for you to hang out with people and make friends and have some coffee and donuts. They didn't fix anything. And how many millions of dollars goes into buying curriculum and material for those small groups? How much time and effort does it go in having those small groups? Yet, biblical literacy continues to run rampant in the American church. Curriculum and material of all kind, Bible study material, devotional material, the, the, the curriculum and Bible study material and devotional material is everywhere. It is, it's online for free. It is everywhere. You can purchase it. You can download it. There is so much material available that you could not even begin to look at all the material available if you dedicated 24 hours a day, seven days a week of your entire life, you couldn't get through it of, and uh, through all of it in your lifetime. There's so much out there. Yet with all of that material available, biblical illiteracy persists. Churches everywhere, small groups everywhere, curriculum, devotional material, Bible study material everywhere. Yet the problem persists. Number four, Bible apps Everywhere. How many Bible apps are there? Literally. You can open up a Bible app. Literally, you can open up a Bible app. I'm just going to do it really quick. You can open up a Bible app. I can just go to click on Bible and then I can just do this. Matthew 7. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. You can just literally have a Bible app, read the Bible to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you're driving in your car, you can be listening to the Bible. When you're walking, when you're jogging, you can have the Bible being read to you. While you're washing dishes, cleaning the house, you can have the Bible be read, read to you. While you're going to sleep, while you're waking up, while you're getting ready in the morning, while you're eating breakfast, while you, you literally can have the Bible read to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yet all of those Bible apps, and many of them are free. Biblical literacy persists. Churches everywhere, biblical illiteracy. Small groups everywhere, biblical illiteracy. Curriculum and Bible study material everywhere, biblical illiteracy. Bible apps everywhere, biblical illiteracy. Millions upon millions of sermons online. Uh, uh, millions upon millions of sermons online that you can listen to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, you can just take the Sermons 2.0 app. You cannot listen to all the sermons that are available on that app 
and a lifetime of listening to those sermons. And that would be giving 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You couldn't even get through them. That doesn't even count Edify Christian Podcast app or the other podcasting apps that you, you have so many sermons available to you. Historical, modern. You can, you can hear sermons from their church fathers being read to you. You've got it all available to you. Yet, biblical illiteracy persists. Millions of podcasts available, a Christian podcast, yet biblical illiteracy persists. Just take those six things, churches everywhere, small groups everywhere, curriculum and devotional material and Bible study material available everywhere, Bible apps everywhere, millions upon millions of sermons available 24 hours a day, millions of Christian podcasts available, yet the problem persists. So that leads me to some questions. Either one, the problem doesn't really exist and it's such a boogeyman used to market ministries and to market new books, new study curriculum. It's just a boogeyman. It's just, hey, hey, biblical literacy is out there. We got to fight it. So we're going to do this program. We're going to use this ministry. We're going to do this. Is it just a boogeyman or does the problem actually persist? Every, everyone's been saying it persists my entire Christian life. So I'm going to go with the argument that it actually persists, that it actually exists, that biblical literacy is actually a real thing and it has infected the American church and it's had devastating consequences. I'm going to argue that it actually exists. Now, if it exists and if it continues... That could only mean, I think, possibly only three things. Number one, it means, now I know this is going to offend some people, it means that the local church is absolutely useless. We've got churches everywhere, and it doesn't seem to ever fix the problem of biblical illiteracy. Study after study shows that if people show up to church on Sunday by Sunday night, Wednesday, they've already forgotten what was talked about on Sunday. So how are you fixing the problem? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Illiteracy can just mean a lack of knowledge. Yes. It can, it can mean a lack of knowledge. Yes. Okay. All right. Someone in chat was making a comment. All right. I'm, 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 I'm trying not to ignore the, the chat, but I'm so mad and irritated by this. So, so, so if the, if the fact that it actually exists, biblical literacy actually exists, if the fact that it continues, because every, I mean, I mean, we've, we've read other articles this year already about biblical literacy. So it's been talked about. It's always talked about. Then I'm sorry. I'm just going to make an argument that the church, the, Amer the, the average local congregation is completely useless for the amount of money it takes to operate it. Considering the fact that you have all of these churches that take all of this money to operate, to keep it operating, to keep it moving, to hire staff, all, all the, the, the material that is purchased, all the money that goes into a church for a given year, if it can do no better than fix the problem of, of biblical illiteracy than it seems to be doing, then I would just say you should just close down all the churches because they're a waste of time and they're useless. And I know saying that is controversial, but I'm just saying it's, it's one way or the other. If you're saying the church is the key to fighting biblical literacy, then you have to tell me that none of the churches can figure it out. Even all these churches are constantly trying to come up with this plan and this program and this ministry and this idea, yet none of them can fix it. 
Well, then that means they don't know what they're doing. Isn't that that the way many Christians who condemn the public school system uh, works? Is if, if, if that's the level of education the public school can produce in kids, well, then the entire public school system is a failure. Just take your kids out and homeschool them. Isn't that the argument we make? Well, then I'm going to turn the same argument to the local church. If that's the best you can do, then you're wasting your time. Just close down. Or remove the name church, call it what it really is, a community center, so that people don't have to live life alone, and you can make lifelong friendships, and you can hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But you can't have it. Oh, the church, the church. And yet you say, biblical literacy is everywhere. The church, biblical, wait, the church is either doing it or not. Is the church, what's the problem? Oh, the problem is churches need to buy copies of Michael Youssef's book for $15 and hand out to all the congregation. Then they'll fall in love with God's word. And then biblical literacy will be resolved, but it won't be resolved by the local church. It'll be resolved by a book written, oh, a parent church ministry or someone outside of the local church. Because many of the solutions to biblical illiteracy typically is always something coming from outside of the local church. It's a parent church ministry. They're either producing curriculum or this or that. And then their job is to get the churches to buy their material so that then you can fix the situation. Well, why do I need the church to buy the the, the material? Just sell it to the individual and bypass the middleman because the church is just useless anyway. So, I mean, it, it can't be, you can't sit there and say the church is the solution when typically the solution comes from parachurch ministries. Or it comes from a book. So the the church needs to buy the book, give the book to the people in the congregation. Will the people in the congregation even read the book? Oh, don't even get me started on that whole thing. So if the fact that biblical literacy exists and it continues, well, then I'm going to make an argument that it once again proves the ineffectiveness and uselessness of the local congregation. And on this very podcast, I've done it in the past. I'll do it again. Anyone listening, where have you grown the most in your knowledge of God's word? Where have you been? You've grown the, uh, much, uh, the most, learned the most, been challenged the most. Is it your local church or is something else? And the last time I asked that question, not one person said the local church. They said podcast, online sermons, a website, books, their own personal study. And, and it, nobody said the local church. And it was like, well, I'm not saying it was a scientific study, but once again, it proves the local church showed up no useless, waste of time. Well, if the biblical illiteracy, illiteracy has been going on since as long as I can remember, well, then the church hasn't fixed it. Number two, this once again proves small groups are absolutely useless. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing about how they fix all the problems. They haven't fixed anything. They are a way for people to socialize. They're a way for people to meet friends. They're a way for people to meet some kind of uh, psychological need for community, for friendship, for relationship. If that's what you want, great. Stop telling me it fixes anything else than that. Because I heard that, hey, you can't fix all of these biblical illiteracy problems from the pulpit, right? You can't really go that deep and you can't do certain things because you can't really teach that way from the pulpit. Because if you do, you'll lose half your congregation. I know that to be true. 
because I try to do it from the pulpit. And yeah, I, I know it's not the most popular thing, even though people show up going, I want a church that digs into the word of God and to doctrine and theology. And so as soon as you start doing that, they'll, 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 they're out the door before you even know what happened. So the church is useless. Small groups are useless. Those, those are my, my two options. If, if the problem is real and it persists, those are my two options. Or that, 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 or that it leads to this. It means this, right? I don't know how else to interpret the reality. If, if, if biblical literacy is real and it persists, then there's only two ways to interpret that reality. The church is useless. Small groups are useless. And here's a third one that's going to offend everyone. That the problem is Christians are lazy and they don't care. The third option is that the average Christian is just lazy and doesn't care. And all they can do is come up with a million excuses of why they are illiterate about the Bible. Why they don't know this and why they don't know that and why they don't know this. That it's the average person, it's the average Christian, because the average Christian, let me make it very clear, you've got everything available to you. You literally carry around a device that will read the Bible to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to do is press play. You could listen to the Bible be read to you the entire thing, probably multiple times per year. You probably could do it five times a year if you'll just use every opportunity. Like, what am I going to listen to? I'm going to listen to the Bible be read to me. Well, I'm, you could probably knock it. You could probably hear the Bible be read to you five times within a year without even probably much difficulty or really upending your life. But do Christians do that? No. Well, I'll put it this way. Some do, obviously. Obviously, I'm speaking in somewhat generic terms. But I'm saying if biblical literacy is real and it's a problem, And, 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 and look, if you want to test biblical illiteracy, just start asking people basic questions. Ask yourself basic questions about the Bible. How well do you know this? How well can you find scripture? How well do you know this? When, when you listen to a sermon and the pastor's like, okay, so where's this at? And nobody can find the answer. Nobody knows the answer. Why does no one know the answer? Do you know the answer when you're listening? If you don't know the answer, why do you not know the answer? Because in many cases, it's like basic information about a verse. Basic information about where a verse is located. Now, that should tell you something. I'm not saying that means you're not saved. I'm not saying that that proves you're not a Christian. I'm saying that it proves that clearly you could have dedicated a little bit more time to knowing something about the subject. Christians literally has on their device, uh, the Bible can be read to them. They literally have on their phone they have access to millions upon millions upon millions of sermons where they're hearing the Bible discussed, preached, exegeted. Even if eisegesis is taking place, they're hearing scripture discussed. They have millions of podcasts. 
On their phones, they have Bible dictionaries, Bible encyclopedias, Bible concordances. They can look up the original language. They can do cross-referencing. They can look up devotional material. They can have Bible studies. But what do you get? You know, so I'm I'm sick and tired of everyone being blamed for this because I've grown to the point that I just think it's the average person. They just don't care. They are lazy. It comes down to the individual because it doesn't. I, I know this from my own life. The ch- I've said it so many times, my all of my learning, all of my theological learning and growing, especially as a young Christian, happened completely outside of the church. Christian radio, because I didn't have the internet back then, Christian radio, knowing the times when certain programs came on, having notebooks dedicated to those programs. I've, I've told the story a million times after school. Like sometimes I went to an older lady's house, right? Uh, Miss Mac is what we called her. And I would sit there and listen to her talk. She was like, you know, 80. She would be in her rocking chair. She taught me about the Bible okay, outside the church, outside the church. Once again, not the local church. It was uh, some uh, an older woman's home. And then when I wasn't there, I was uh, in my room and I would turn on my stereo. And there was th- three pastors who came on. I've talked about it a million times. There was Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel. There was John MacArthur and there was Chuck Swindoll. And I had three notebooks and I took notes. I always make the joke that Chuck Smith's uh, notebook was empty because I, oh my goodness, his preaching bored me absolutely to tears. I cannot say why. It was horrible. I couldn't stand it. MacArthur's notebooks and Swindoll's notebooks were filled with notes. And I did that every day. Once again, outside the local church, at least my local church. Now, I know those sermons were coming from a local church, but you get the idea. And then the Bible bookstore, I'd go to the Bible bookstore and I'd look around and I bought theology books and church history books and, and books about Bible study. And I read them over and over and over and over and over again. No one made me, no one forced me. I, I got up and went to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday. No one made me go to church. My parents weren't making me go to church. No one made me go to church. Now, doing all those things did not make me more spiritual. Doing all those things did not make me more godly. Doing those things did not make me a better Christian. But what it did is it definitely made me not illiterate. Michael Youssef thinks we need his book to create to make people fall in love with God's word. And that'll be a turning point against the tide of biblical literacy. But you can get his book for $15. Here's what I would tell you. Don't waste a cent on his book. Just start, I don't know, reading or listening to the Bible. And if you don't fall in love with the Bible and you have no desire for the Bible and you don't care about the Bible, then you've got a spiritual problem. And I know this, the church can do everything in its power. 
It can have an hour of teaching for Sunday school, an hour of teaching Sunday morning, an hour of teaching for Sunday night, an hour of teaching on Wednesday. And that you as a pastor can put into the hands of people devotional material. You can hand them lectionaries. You can hand them Bible studies. And you know what? The people will not do something if they don't want to do it. I have witnessed it a million times. Even on this podcast, we at one point were paying, what, $50 a month to ensure that anyone who wanted it had access to Bible study curriculum, where every week they would have another something they could look at. We'd be like, here's the scripture. Here's what you do in this session. Here's the next session. Here's the next session. Here's the reading plan for the entire quarter. Because in that online thing, you had the reading plan for the entire quarter, and then you had a session per week. And you even had access to the Daily Discipleship Guide, which broke it down daily. We, we tried to make that available to everyone. Wasn't very successful. In fact, we've realized at some point that it was a waste of money. Churches can do everything in their power. You can't make people partake. You can't make people, you can't give people a love for God's word. I'm, the, the, all the pro, I used to blame the church for biblical illiteracy. I used to blame the church. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, the fact that biblical literacy is real and the fact that it persists, you only got a, th- a couple of options. Number one, the church is just absolutely useless. Number two, small groups are absolutely useless. Or number three, the, re- the issue is the individual. They're just lazy and they don't care. Now, there may be in a time I could say, well, you know, it may be hard for the average Christian because they may not have access to things. And I would try to make an excuse for them. Okay, well, it's reality. I shouldn't have been making an excuse because every one of them had in their local cities and towns, they had, they had university libraries, public libraries. You could have gone and got the resources that you need. I spent plenty of Thursday evenings sitting in libraries, Tuesday evenings when I was a teenager, whether the Abilene Public Library or I went to one of the Christian universities and I would get any books that I need and took notes about whatever. Again, not because I was more godly. I was, I was still struggling with sin and committing sin and not being very godly. There were probably people far more godly in me as far as morality was concerned who wasn't reading and studying their Bible. I'm just addressing the issue of illiteracy. That's all I'm addressing. I'm not tr- claiming that people who read their Bible are better Christians than people who don't. I'm not making that claim. I'm not claiming that people who read their Bible, study their Bible are, are more moral than people. I'm not making that claim. What I'm claiming is biblical literacy is constantly thrown around as a problem. And yet we, the solutions are always buy my book, subscribe to our, this, buy this, do this. It's always some program. It's always some solution. And I'm, and I've reached the point that I'm tired of hearing all of that. The issue comes down to you as an individual, either you want to know and you care to know. So you read your Bible because you want to know it. You want to understand it. You read it, you memorize it, you study it because you care about it and because you love it, or you just don't care. And then just admit that you don't care. Stop blaming everyone else. I think I've made myself clear. If biblical illiteracy is the problem, then we stop selling books to fix it. We stop producing material to fix it. And we have a very difficult conversation 
with the person in the mirror. And we look at that person and say, do I really want to know God's word? Do I really want to understand it? Do I really want to know the historical background to the minor prophets? Do I really want to understand the historical background to the major prophets? Do I really want to understand the divided kingdom and know who went north and who went south and how many kings was in the north and how many kings in the south and who had good kings and who had bad kings? Do I really want to struggle with the biblical issues of, you know, why were, why, the, why was polygamy so practiced everywhere? And, and some of the, the difficult passages, do I really want to dig in? Do I really want to struggle with issues related to hermeneutics and I, uh, exegesis and eisegesis? Do I really want to dig into those things? Or am I just content to believe in Jesus, go to church, hear a sermon, maybe I'll remember it, maybe I won't remember it. Maybe I think it was good. Maybe I won't think it's good. Maybe we talk about it after church. Maybe we don't. I want that sermon to be between 30 and 45 minutes. I want it to have nice three little points. I want it to have a good introduction and a good conclusion. I want it nice, simple, structured. I want to make sure it's entertain. I want to make sure it entertains me. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm entertained by it. I want to make sure I'm pleased by it. And then that's all I really care. If that's all you want, that that's okay. That's okay. That's okay if that's all you want. I'm not here to even, I'm not even here to condemn that. Then just don't blame anything else for biblical illiteracy. And the next time you hear someone complaining about biblical illiteracy, just go up to them and say, you know, the problem is that people like me, we just don't care. And you're not going to make me care. So you just stop wasting your time. I don't need another program. I don't need another book. I don't need another devotional. I don't need another small group. I just don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Back off. That's But Christians don't want to say that because, see, that's, that sounds very like, whoa, that sounds... Re-. But I think it's just the truth. You're going to know what you want to know. And you're not going to know what you don't care to know. I hate math. You could, re- you could refer to me as being mathematically illiterate. You know why I'm mathematically illiterate? I don't care. I don't like the subject. Hate the subject. Have no desire to go buy workbooks on mathematics and start back maybe at the fourth grade level, get the foundations right. Maybe get my, you know, multiplication, addition, subtraction, division. Maybe try to get those basics down and then maybe move just a little bit to fractions, maybe just a little bit and see if I can get some of those basic concepts down, those basic formulas. I could put forth the work. I could buy the booklets and I could sit here and, and, and work on it. I, I, I'm not the best when it comes to punctuation or grammar. I'll be the first to admit that. I'm no way, no how. You know what? I could get some books on punctuation and grammar, diagramming sentences, and I could just sit here and work on it and where to punctuate this. And I could, I could get the booklets. You know why I don't do that? Because I don't care to do that. And I can make all the excuses in the world. I can blame the public school system and say they let me down. Well, the minute I realized they let me down, well, guess what? I could have done something about it. I learned to read whole language, not phonetically, right? I look at a word, I either know the word, I don't know. Once I know the word, then I just memorized how to say it. That's how I learned 
a whole language. Just show me the word. Okay, what is that word? Well, that word is come or that word is see or that word is spot or run or jump, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the word is, that word is, um, I'm just looking at a, a, I got a book here called come and see, um, the journey of knowing God through the scriptures. I just, I, that's how I learned. Well, guess what? There was a lot of advantages of that, right? But there was a lot of disadvantages. I learned to read at a very, 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 very early, er, early age, right? I knew how to read way above my reading level and, and kindergarten. But guess what? I would happen the minute I come across a word that I don't know. You've heard on this podcast what happens. I stumble and come up with 37 different ways of saying the word that are none of them are even phonetically close to correct. And you probably sit there and laugh at me. Because phonetically, I can't break a word down. Guess what? I'm illiterate when it comes to that. I could fix that. I could go back and train myself to look at a word phonetically and know how to break it down. Know that that gives this sound. And if that comes before this, then it gets this sound. And I, I could do that. Phonetically, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess when it comes to that. Guess what? That's my fault. Nobody else's fault. I, could, I wish my, my mom would have taught me how to read phonetically instead of whole language. But I know this, I learned to read quickly and I could read anything and everything. Now, if I didn't know a word, I would just kind of blah, 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 maybe figure it. Now I know how to pronounce it. I would just look up the definition and figure out, okay, that's what the word means. But sometimes I still was saying the word completely incorrectly because I needed to hear it. I needed to, and even today, sometimes when I get ready to do a broadcast, I'll have to, I'll see the word and I'm like, I got to go listen to that like 15 times because I have no idea how I'm supposed to say that because I have nothing in my mind that tells me how to bring it. That's on me. I can go through all my areas of illiteracy. I've got plenty of them. And in every situation, it's because of my own lack of caring or desire or unwillingness to put forth the work. Either, I have one right here. Either you care about what I'm holding in my hands, the Bible. Either you care to read it Think about it, meditate on it, know it, be convicted by it, be challenged to try to live according to it. Or you're just not that interested. I can't make you interested. I don't think Michael Youssef's book's going to make you interested. I think somehow that's something you got to cry out to God. I, I, I don't, I don't have any other answers for how to make, I don't know how to make people interested in God's word. I don't know how to get people to, to love it. It's kind of like, it's, it's a lot like reading. Have you noticed that some people just early on, they pick up a book and they start reading and they just fall in love with it. They love words. They love the sentence structure, paragraph. They love the stories. They love the escapism. They love Whatever. They just fall. And other people kind of like, I don't really want to read anything. It's almost impossible to move person a person who doesn't love to read to becoming a person who loves to read. Now, I would say for Christians who don't love to read. You live in 2023. Do you realize how good you have it? You don't even have to love to read. You have apps who will read it to you. And if he's like, well, I don't like that, you can listen to sermons be preached about it over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
you have all kinds of different ways of gaining the knowledge, even if you don't like the traditional ways of a Bible, a notebook, and spending time reading, studying, and thinking about it, and using Bible study methods, whether it's the devotional method, the chapter summary method, uh, topical, thematic, word study, chapter analysis, book background, go through all the different Bible study methods. Even if you don't want to do it the traditional way, there's still a million ways you can gain knowledge so that you are nowhere close to the category of biblically illiterate. So I I am either calling into question the legitimacy of our claim that it really not as bad as everyone claims to be, or if the problem is as bad and it continues and it persists, well, then you've got a couple of options. The the local church is useless. Small groups are useless. Or we have to look at ourselves and go, hmm, maybe we're the problem. I'm not calling anyone's salvation into question. I'm not doing that. Not doing that. Some people, that's the way they try to address it. You don't care about the Bible. You don't love the Bible. It proves you're never saved. I'm not going to go there. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. I'm not saved based on how much I love God's word or don't love God's word. I'm not going to go there. I'm not, I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a ultimate down the path of destroying the gospel. But I will say no love for God's word should at least concern you if you claim to be a believer, Right. And if you realize how little you actually know, I know this. It's not going to be fixed by doing nothing. All right. There is my 48-minute rant. I know this. We don't need another book that someone has to pay $15 to buy to supposedly fix the biblical illiteracy problem, which then supposedly will fix the growing secularism within the United States of America. I'm sick of that. If you're a pastor, if you're a ministry, and you've got the solution to fix biblical illiteracy, which will ultimately fix the growing secularism in our country, then don't put it behind a paywall. Give it away. Or you're more worried about your own financial security than you are the growing concern of biblical illiteracy in the American church. I got no problem. You can ask people to support your work. I got no problem. You can ask people for donations. But if you've got the supposed solution to a problem that I have been hearing talked about since the 80s, and you're going to tell me I can find a solution for $15, I don't really think you care that much about the solution. It seems that you care more about making some money. Maybe that's jaded. Maybe that's too critical. Maybe that's too judgmental. I will accept that that's a possibility. But I know this. I'm tired of hearing the American church whine about biblical illiteracy because I think the problem comes down to individuals who just don't care. Or if you're going to blame your church and say the church never taught me anything, well, then we're making an argument that the local church is absolutely useless from the most practical standpoint, which would be if the one thing the church should be able to do is make everyone who attends it 
the opposite of biblically illiterate. All right, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize, all the other things we could be doing today, but I had to address that because when I saw the email, I almost took my iPad and threw it across the room and said, I don't ever want to see another article on that subject again. But I'm promising, I guarantee you, that probably by the end of by the end of December, there's going to be more articles about biblical illiteracy. It's a growing problem and what we need to do to fix it in 2024. And probably it'll be another book or another program or another curriculum that I need to order for $15, $20, $30, $40 in order to fix the problem going into 2024. Because that's the way the whole Christian industrial complex works. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.